book of Genesis this morning, Genesis chapter number 24, Genesis chapter number 24, and we're going to read several verses of scripture in this chapter, and I believe we'll look at a truth this morning that's going to be a great help to us, a great reminder to us, Genesis chapter number 24, and we're going to look at the beginning of the chapter and read down into this chapter, Uh, so we'll start in the beginning of Genesis chapter number 24. We begin reading, we're going to begin reading in verse number 7, but before I begin reading, I want to remind you of several things about uh, this passage of Scripture that we're going to get our text from today. We find in verse number 1 that Abraham uh, is now an old man. I remind you that Abraham uh, had heard the voice of God. God had led him uh, to a, to a, uh, out of his land, and he had been following the Lord. The Lord made some promises to him uh, that he would make him a great nation. And I remind you, as we've already seen in our Sunday school hour this morning, and we know that when God makes a promise, it's as good as done. So he makes a promise to Abraham, and God does not tell Abraham how he's going to fulfill that promise. And you know the story, I believe, well enough to know that much time had passed, and Abraham and Sarah had not had a child, and for, him to, for God to make them a, him a great nation... That, that, that's, that's something that's necessary to do so. He gets up into age, and Sarah being 90 years old, God tells him, okay, you're going to have a child. And uh, Sarah did what uh, most of you would have done. Now, let me take that back. What all of you would have done, uh, she laughed. Uh, but, and God said, why did you, you laugh? And she said, I didn't laugh. And God said, yeah, you did. And she said, okay, I did. Uh, and, uh, but God, uh, and she, of course, she's in Hebrews chapter number 11 because uh, she was a person of great faith in order to uh, do what God had her to do. And so God gave them Isaac in their old age. Now the heir is in place. Uh, and even in the life of Isaac, you know the story probably well enough to know that there was a time when God said, I want you to offer a sacrifice. I want you to get everything prepared. I want you to go, and uh, I'll, I'll give you instructions along the way. And along the way, Isaac, uh, being a sharp individual, he sees everything that's necessary for a sacrifice except the sacrifice. And, and Abraham tells him, reminds him that God will provide himself a lamb. And as Abraham is preparing to take the life of Isaac to offer him to God at the word of God, God did provide that lamb. And so from there, uh, God continued to bless Abraham. But now uh, we, we come to a place where Sarah has died. Uh, now Abraham is an old man. Isaac, their heir, is a single man. Now Isaac is going to need a wife so that God can fulfill his promise, so that God can make of him a great nation. In the first six verses, we see in chapter, Genesis chapter number 24, uh, Abraham calls a servant and says, I want you to swear to me. I want you to make a promise to me that you're going to do this. And we look in verse number 7. We'll read verse number 7. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this lamb. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. Now, verse number 7 reminds us of the promise to Abraham. He's dealing with his servant. He says, I'm going to send you to go get the bride for my son. And in this verse of Scripture, there's many things we're reminded of 
of course, the, the promise of the seed and, and the fact that he's going to send an angel before him. And he needs to go to the land of his kindred. It was important that the bride came from the land of his kindred. And so Abraham is going to send the servant to get a bride for Isaac. We continue to read in verse number 8, And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath, only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at that time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Verse 14, And let it come to pass, that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master." Eliezer, the servant, prays this prayer. Lord, show some kindness. Uh, let's do this quickly. And he, he puts some specifics in there of this will be how I know that this is the person, this is, this is the bride that I am to take, pass, uh, take back. In verse 15, and it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebekah came out who was born to Bethel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also. And they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the, the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. Now we see... This, exactly as was asked in that prayer, Lord, if whoever it is, would you have this take place? We find it taking place. Now let's skip down to verse number 23. And he said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethel, the son of Bilkah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. Verse 27 is our text verse. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Now we find at the beginning of the chapter, Abraham gives very specific instructions. He said, You're going to go to the land of my kindred. And he said, The angel of the Lord is going to go ahead of you. And, of course, a natural question is, what if she doesn't come? And Abraham answers that, and then this faithful servant goes to the land, and he doesn't know who the bride's supposed to be. He doesn't know who it is. 
And he prays and says, Lord, would you, would you allow these certain things to take place? When I say, can I have some water? Uh, will you let, if it's the right one for her to say, well, let me give water to your camels as well. And immediately that happens. And he inquires of whose house are you? It's, the, it's, it's of the kindred of Abraham. We know if we reach the end of this story, that servant brings the bride back to Isaac. We know, fast forward, centuries later where we are today, we know that God did fulfill His promise and make a great nation of Abraham. But I want us to see something very key, and it's what I want to preach on this morning in verse number 27. I want you to look at this phrase, and when I point it out to you, I want you to underline it, I want you to circle it, I want you to highlight it, I want you to remember it. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. Watch this. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. I being in the way. God answered the prayer. But he was where he was supposed to be. God did a miracle. But he said, I being in the way. In other words, I did as was commanded by my master to do. I'm afraid if this servant of Abraham had responded like a lot of Christians do, they would have, all the way back at the beginning of the chapter, Abraham would have said, I, I need a bride. I need a bride for my son in order for God to fulfill his promise. God, you bring one to me so that you can fulfill your promise. That's not the way God works. Man still has to do what he's instructed. Uh, Man still has to be faithful. I want to preach on that this morning. I being in the way. Father, I pray that you'll use the Word of God this morning. I pray the Spirit of God would uh, speak to us, would instruct us. And Father, I pray uh, that your will be done this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God is not going to do what He expects us to do. Let me say that again. God is not going to do what He expects us to do. God is not going to evangelize the world because He expects us to. God is not going to do what He expects us to do. God expects obedience from us while he does what only he can do. Too many times Christians sit back and say, God, I'm waiting on you to do the miracle while we do not do what God expects us to do. A good illustration of this is we can use our own nation and we can use the, a cry amongst God's people today, Lord, send a revival. God is not going to send a revival until God's people do what God's people have instructed to do in order for there to be a revival. You can have a you can have a hundred days of all night prayer meetings. You can do you can hashtag it all you want, but until man does what God says is necessary to be done for him to respond, it's not going to happen. Fulfilling our duty by faith is the requirement for a supernatural work of God. Now let me say this. I serve a God of miracles. You serve a God 
of miracles. My God is not dead. My, my God is not limited in His power. My God is not limited in His knowledge, in His ability. We serve a supernatural God who still in the year 2020 does the supernatural. But hear what I'm saying this morning. Fulfilling our duty by faith is the requirement of a supernatural work of God. I would say it is probably, uh, it would be 100% if we polled not just Christians in the service this morning, but Christians in general, and we asked, do you want to see God move supernaturally? I think we'd all say, yes, absolutely. Do you want to see this miracle in your life? I think we'd all say, yes, I want to see a miracle. Don't you want to see God do what only God could do? I think all of us this morning would say, yes, I want to see. As I, I read the miracles of Scripture, I want to see those things. I want to know those things. I think we would all say we want to see a supernatural work for God. Well, let me tell you this morning, let me remind you this morning what the requirement is for a supernatural work of God. It is for God's people to fulfill their duty by faith. That is the requirement. Too many times there are Christians sitting around waiting on God to do what God expects us to do. I being in the way. What was this man saying in verse number 27? It is the conclusion of the command of his master. It is the conclusion of the angel of the Lord going before him. This is a summary of the prayer that this man prayed. Lord, it, whoever the right one is, would you have it happen this way? And it happened exactly. God answered that prayer. But we see this nugget of truth tucked away in verse number 27, I being in the way. Many Christians could have their problems solved by this one statement. I being in the way. In other words, I doing what I know I should do. I showing up where I'm supposed to show up, when I'm supposed to show up. I fulfilling my responsibility. That could solve a lot of problems in the life of a Christian today. Too many times we as a Christian, the world starts to change around us. Our circumstances start to change. The burden gets heavy. And we sit back and we say, God, you take care of this. My God can take care of it, but he expects you and I to do what we've been commanded to do. He expects you and I to obey as we've been instructed. I being in the way. Friend, this morning I want to remind you, I want us all to leave here today with a, with a greater understanding of that which gets the heart of God, and it is the faithfulness of His people. It is God's people fulfilling the duties that He has placed upon them. How many times has a Christian needed God to speak to them? Yet they were not where they should have been for God to speak to them. Can I tell you, every time a Christian can hear the voice of God, they can hear Him on Sunday morning in a church service. They can hear Him Sunday night in a church service. They can hear Him Wednesday night in a midweek Bible study. Oh yeah, you can hear Him every morning. And, and I thank God that every morning as they open that book, I can hear the voice of God. But there are times when God sends a very specific message 
to his church, to a child of God, how many times could we give testimony that I needed something and I got exactly what I needed? Thank you, Pastor, for that message. It's exactly what I needed. Oh, no, it wasn't the pastor. It was God sending the answer to your problem. It was God sending the strength that you needed, but you could say, I being in the way. I got up on Sunday morning and came to church. I came back to church on Sunday night. I was faithful to be in my Bible, and God gave me what I needed. Friend, there's a great truth here. There are a lot of problems that could be solved, but Christians just aren't where they're supposed to be. They're just not doing what they should be doing. Pastor, I've been asked these, I've been asked these questions before. Pastor, have you ever been overwhelmed? You do know I have three daughters, right? Pastor, have you ever been overwhelmed? Yes. What do you do? I being in the way. Pastor, have you ever been discouraged? Yes. What do you do? I being in the way. Pastor, have you ever been weighted down with a burden? Well, of course. Well, what do you do? I being in the way in the way. Pastor, have you ever needed God to intervene? Well, certainly I have. Well, pastor, what did you do to get God to intervene? I being in the way. Pastor, have you ever needed an answer for, from God? Well, absolutely. Well, pastor, how'd you get the answer from God? I being in the way. Friend, we need to pray and petition our God, but we need to show up where we're supposed to show up. We should get up every day and say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will fulfill my duty. I will fulfill my responsibility. I will do what I'm supposed to do today. And I'll just let God's business stay God's business. I'll let God work out the details, how he sees fit to work them out. Oh, sir, I'm going to pray the prayers that need to be prayed. I'm going to do the things that I need to do. But when it's time for me to show up, let's show up. And how many Christians have just, have just given up and in their discouragement, they say, well, I'll go back to church. When God does this, no, friend, you need to be there. You need to be in the way so God can send you the answer. So when that time comes, it's not time to, to quit on God and say, well, God, you allow that. No, I being in the way. Every, when the world gets more wicked, what's the answer? I believe this helps. I being in the way. The enemy gets more aggressive as Christ's return approaches. What's the answer? I being in the way. There's a great secret to what I'm preaching to you this morning. There's not some great uh, truth that you've got to dig and dig and dig to get. But this theme is all through Scripture. There's something to a child of God that just shows up. There's something to it when a Christian just says, I don't know if I have another day, but I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do today. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I'm going to let God worry about the future. I'm going to worry about today. I'm going to worry about my next task. I'm going to worry about my next responsibility. I don't know how that is going to all work out. I don't know what God is going to do. And I'm going to pray the prayers that I'm supposed to pray. But yet, I'm going to still do the work that God has given me to do. Just show up. 
just do what you're supposed to do, what would it do in our world today? What would it do in our nation today? What would it do in our, our churches today, in our, in our homes today, if every child of God just said, I'm going to take this as my motto, I being in the way. Dad, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't know the, the, answers, the, the answers to the questions that you're asking. But let me tell you what you have a responsibility to do. You have a responsibility to be what you're supposed to be in that home. You don't have to be able to see the future, but you better lead that home. You need to fulfill your responsibility. You get up and you go to work on the next day. You do what you're supposed to do, and you fulfill your responsibility. Mom, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but you have a responsibility. You fulfill that responsibility. Child of God, this morning, get a hold of this. We can pray the prayers, and we should pray the prayers, and God will do the supernatural act, but we have got to do what we are supposed to do. God, when you fix my finances, then I'll tithe. That's not how God works. I being in the way. God, when you solve these problems in my life, then I'll surrender. That's not how God works. I being in the way. What is the secret? Doing your, doing your duty. There's something too. There's something too. Just doing what you're supposed to do. You know what we need a revival of? We need a revival of Bible character. We need a revival of Bible responsibility. We need a revival of this is what God has commanded. I'm going to do it and I don't need an explanation. And I know in this world we live in, we're supposed to ask questions about everything. And we're supposed to even challenge God to, get, to give an explanation to us. Oh, no, we don't need an answer from God. And can I help you something? Can I testify to you this morning? My life has got a lot simpler. My life is a lot happier when I don't have to have an explanation from God. And I thank God that I've gotten to a place in my life when I don't even have to worry about the things that God is taking care of. I just have to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm just supposed to be the Christian I'm supposed to be. And there are too many Christians worried about what God is going to do while they don't do what they're supposed to do. And we would have a revival in our church, in our world today, if every child of God said, I'm just going to fulfill my responsibility. I'm not going to worry about what brother so-and-so is doing and sister so-and-so is doing. i got to take care of me today. And I'm going to pray the prayers, but I'm going to show up where I'm supposed to show up. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to fulfill my responsibility. I being in the way. It could not have been scripted any better the way God did it. Because God scripted it. Now the prayer had to be prayed. The faith in God's promise had to be there. Somebody had to be there at that well. Somebody had to be there to fulfill their responsibility. You know, I still believe, I still believe that when a child is young and they're three and four and five and six and seven, I still believe that God can work in their heart. 
I still believe that, yes, they can get saved as a child, but yet God can work in their heart and God can set them apart at a young age. And they can avoid a lot of the heartache of this world and avoid the filth of this world. And I believe that God can still raise them up in 2020. He can still raise them up to do a work for God, to to live a life that honors and glorifies Him. I still believe that. But there's got to be a teacher that says, I being in the way, I'm just going to show up and teach my lesson. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to fulfill the responsibility that I'm supposed to fulfill. we got to do the things that we are expected by God to do. Abraham believed in the promises, and Abraham sent a servant and said, Bring back that faithful servant. He's given us a great example today, but that little phrase, I being in the way. I wonder how many Christians have missed, have missed an answer to their prayer. I, 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 this, this is a very personal thing to me because it's something I live. Believe it or not, I have an idea of what I'm, I'm going to preach tonight. I have an idea of what I'm preaching next Sunday morning. I have an idea of what I'm preaching next Sunday night. But there are times in the early hour that God wakes me up. There are times when on the way to the pulpit, I stop and scratch four words in the margin of my Bible. It's not because I'm not unprepared. I think, I think I've been your pastor long enough for you to know that if I do anything, I at least try and prepare. But what is that? I take it like this. Somebody's been praying saying, God, I need something. Somebody's been saying, God, I, I got to have your encouragement. I got to have an answer to this. And at the risk of looking foolish by not having an alliterated outline, I'll do my best to walk to this pulpit and deliver the message. Why? Because somebody's been praying. But I wonder, I wonder how many times the answer's been delivered and the person who it was for wasn't there. There have been times. I've emerged from my time of prayer with God. And God has placed somebody on my heart and said, this message is for them. And as the service begins, I stand at that first hymn and I stand there and I scan the crowd. And there they're not. They're not there. Pastor, I I, I need God to do something in my life. I need God to work in my life. And God sends the answer. Friend, when you don't feel like coming to church, just show up. When you don't feel like being there, just be there. You've got to do what it is that God has for you to do. Hey, I'm going to confess to you this morning. And if, if it disappoints you, there are times when I get up in the morning, I have to make myself open my Bible. I am not a morning person. I would prefer to just skip them. I don't always feel my best first thing in the morning. There are times when I have to make my flesh open this book. But I'm glad I do. Because if you don't take the time to do what you're supposed to do, you know, I've discovered something that there's a story in 
Genesis, I'm going to get to the outline in a minute, about 25 minutes. When Adam sinned and Eve sinned, who still showed up the fellowship? God did. The book of Psalms says, those that seek me early shall find me. What I want to point out is, God's going to show up to spend time with every one of His children. Because He knows your need. He knows your burden. He knows your shortcomings. He, know, he knows the, the situation that you're dealing with. He's going to show up to give you the strength for the day. How many times, though, do Christians not show up? And they look to God and say, God, why didn't you do a miracle? We need to just have the, the, the mindset, I being in the way, that we're just going to show up. We're just going to do what we're supposed to do. And let me give you the outline very quickly. I want to make four statements concerning this. We find them in verse number 27. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of thy master, my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Statement number one is this. Wait on the Lord. Sometimes we are there and it doesn't happen when we're supposed to happen. Often I have... I have conversations with, with Christians who they're not where they should be in their fellowship with the Lord. But quite frankly, they're out of church and they, they need to get back in church and say, Pastor, would you help me? I say, you need to get back more faithful in church. Then, lo and behold, there they are. I say, Praise the Lord. But then the next Sunday, they're not there. And I say, what, what, what's, 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 Pastor, I need your help. Well, I, I'll, I'll be glad to help you. I've been praying for you, but, but you need to be, well, I was there and Nothing changed. Well, it, it takes a little bit more. took you longer to dig that pit than, than, than one week. But that ought to be something for all of us this morning. How many times have we prayed and we sat in a service and said, well, God, I prayed. And you haven't changed it. Or God, you've been praying for God to comfort your heart and strengthen your heart and for some reason, your pastor stands to the pulpit and drops one of those nuclear bombs and just steps on everybody's toes. Well, God, I prayed for I prayed. Well, maybe that was the message that God wanted you to have. My point is this. Wait on the Lord. Notice what is said. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. He was where he was supposed to be. Please do not miss this. Please do not miss this. The challenge for you and I as a Christian is, to, is just to be where we're supposed to be. I'm so thankful that I had that ingrained in me. I'm so thankful the home I grew up in ingrained that into me. You be in church. You, not just church, but you show up where you're supposed to show up. You fulfill your duty. You fulfill your responsibility. I'm thankful uh, that as a, as, a, as a young preacher and the training I had, where I heard a man stand uh, week after week after week and just show up and do your duty and do what you're supposed to do. There's a great secret to the Christian life in that. That's part of the challenge. That's really a big part of the challenge for Christians. But while we're there, you got to wait on him. Don't get impatient. Because part of what God's will is, is the timing. Now we see in this instance, we see one prayer prayed that we know of. 
and we see an immediate answer. But he still had to wait on the Lord to show him where to go. You know, I'm an impatient person. I think I've confessed my one sin to you many, many times. When I think it, I want it to happen. When, when I, I need it, I want it. I, I know I'm all alone here. I'm the only one like that. But I've got to learn, and God's got to keep reminding me that I've just got to wait on Him. Well, if He doesn't answer soon, then this is good. How do you know? You don't know. If God doesn't intervene in this way, then it's going to all be over. How do you know? You don't know. You don't have the mind of God. We've just got to be in our place. We've just got to do what we're supposed to do. We've just got to do the best we can with the responsibilities that God has given us and then wait on the Lord to give the direction. Well, I've been praying, and I've been, Pastor, I've been showing up. I've been here. You know how long I've been here. You know, I'm here week in and week out, and I've served the Lord all of my days, and I'm still waiting on an answer. What do you say to that? Wait on the Lord. Let Him guide your steps. Well, why hasn't He answered? It must not be time yet. It must not be His timing yet. First statement is wait on the Lord. Number two. Let me remind you that God is always right on time. It was a coincidence. It just happened that this man stumbled into the right place. And it just happened that as he prayed this prayer, Lord, the damsel that I come to and say, give me some drink. Let down that pitcher. And let her say, I will give drink to your camels also. And in verse 15, the next verse it says, and it came to pass before he had done speaking. Now, you and I, that's the, that's the way we like God to answer us, right? Before we're even done speaking it, wham, there it is. It's not always the way God does it. Say, well, why did God do it then? Because God had already sent Rebecca out. God had already arranged. God knew when that needed to happen. And might I say to all of us, in spite of us not understanding the timing of God, in spite of us not understanding why God chooses to do things differently than we would ask Him to do, let me just remind us, God's timing is always right. The angel of the Lord had to go ahead and prepare. You, you may think you're in verse number 14, but you may just be in verse number 7. And you may just be praying as Abraham prayed and said, let the angel go ahead. It may not be time yet, but let me remind all of us, God is right on time. I don't know the mind of God other than what I can comprehend from this book. I don't know the timing of every situation. I can't explain to you. But I know this, that when God moves, it's in His perfect will. And when God doesn't move in our timing, it's in His perfect will. Statement number three. 
is this, God fulfills his promises. I love this. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and truth. In other words, my master isn't left poor because he depended on God to keep his word. Didn't leave him destitute in mercy and truth. God fulfilled his promise. And friend, I want to remind you from this story in, I want to remind you from what scripture tells us that if God makes a promise, he's going to fulfill it. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee is a promise. And it's one that's fulfilled more often than you and I even know. That's just one example of a promise that God makes. You say, well, Pastor, I can give you an example of this. I can give you an example of this. Oh, no, no, no. You just make sure that you're where you're supposed to be. And let God do what God sees fit. Let God fulfill His promise in His time. You know, a lot lot of times God fulfills that promise in ways that we never anticipated Him fulfilling that promise. He answers that prayer in ways we never anticipated Him fulfilling that, answering that prayer. Who have not left my master of His mercy and His truth. Think about these words this morning of His mercy and His truth. The fact that God would promise us anything. God would do anything for us. Is another testimony of His mercy. His care. You know, you you may not feel this way about you, but I feel this way about me. God doesn't owe me a thing. God doesn't owe me anything. And anything I get that's not hell... I think I can rejoice in. I think I can celebrate in. Because it's a show of God's mercy. Say, Pastor, I don't don't like the burdens. Who does? I don't like difficulty. Who does? I don't like to be disappointed. Who does? Let me answer that. Nobody does. Let me tell you this morning, God fulfills His promises. And sometimes you don't know how He's going to fulfill them. Sometimes you cannot see how it can be fulfilled. So what do I do, Pastor? I want to see it. I got to know so that I can move forward, so that I can just stay. Oh, no, every day you just do what you're supposed to do, and God will keep His promise. You be where you're supposed to be, and God will fulfill His promise. My responsibility is not to hold God accountable. My responsibility is to say, I, being in the way, have done what I'm supposed to do so that God can work so that I can be where I'm supposed to be, so I can be a recipient of the blessings of God. My responsibility is not to micromanage God and say, God, I want to remind you, this is what I need and when I need it. My responsibility is to, yes, pray those prayers to Him and say, God, you know what what I need. As a matter of fact, it's okay to say, this is how I would like to receive it, but then I'm going to go where I'm be where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to be the the kind of person that I'm supposed to be, and I want to be there. And so when God fulfills his promises, last statement is this. I think it's a good way for us to end this. 
God is always worthy of praise. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham. Blessed. I think I found a correlation. Not just here, but in other places in Scripture. Not just in Scripture, but in the lives of great Christians who have gone on before me. Those who fulfill their duty. Those who just show up have a greater appreciation for the faithfulness of God. I find today, coming from the mouth, and should I say the fingertips of a lot of Christians, casting accusations at God, saying, well, I grew up in this kind of a church, and I grew up in this kind of a home, and A, B, and C happened. Oh, but you want to leave out the detail about how you were unfaithful to church. You were unfaithful to the Word of God. You took back that which you gave God when you were a young man or a young lady. You weren't where you were supposed to be. You weren't doing what you were supposed to do. Because God is faithful. God is true. God cannot lie. God always fulfills His promise. The failure is never on God. You can look at our own nation and say, God, what has happened? What has gone wrong? It's simple. It's easy. It's in black and white in Scripture. We have not done what we are supposed to do as a nation to keep the favor of God. It is a failure on us. And if there is a failure in our churches, if there's a failure in your home, if there's a failure in your life, it is not because of God. You just be what you're supposed to be. You do what you're supposed to do. You show up when you're supposed to show up and let God be God. We say that all the time, but we don't even understand what it means because we think let God be God. We gotta, he's got to do things our way. Well, I tweeted it. Why hadn't God done it? I prayed for revival. Why had to come? You know one thing I've discovered personally and I've discovered by reading the scripture? This world don't have to have a revival for me to have a revival. This nation don't have a revival as much as I like this nation to have a revival. It don't have to have a revival for this church to have a revival. I want to see God do the supernatural. And the older I get, the more miles I have behind me, the more I understand what I'm preaching to you this morning. Just show up. I being in the way. That little phrase, I can't tell you how many times I've read that story. I've never seen it before. Until recently, going through the book of Genesis again. But it's a great truth. God did a miracle. God showed the way, but only because somebody said, oh, by the way, I was, I was here. I being in the way, God led me to my master's kindred. I think God would do a lot more leading in the lives of Christians if Christians 
had that mentality, I being in the way. And when I came to church today, I came to church waiting on God to do something for me. But I had to be here. I had to be here. Faithfulness is the key. Just a moment, we're going to go to the invitation. I want to challenge you this morning. You need something from God. Do you need more strength? Do you need deliverance from something? Do you need a miracle? We all need His care. We all need His provision. You need something from Him. I want to encourage you this morning to pray those prayers. But after you pray those prayers, don't just sit around and wait on God to send the answer. Well, if God wants my son to have a bride, he'll bring her here. Abraham said, go back to my kindred, because that's where God's going to get her from, and, and God will give her to you, and you'll bring her back. I, I want us to have great faith in God and pray those prayers. I mean, I, I, Christians, I hope that we have a burden. I hope that we have a burden for this world to be reached with the gospel. This ties into this, and I'll just go ahead and say it, because I think it's, it, it needs to be said from time to time. The reason this world is not being reached with the gospel is not God's fault. There's a lot of Christians who pray, oh, God, reach this world, reach this world. But they can't tell you the last time. They tried to reach somebody. We just need to be where we're supposed to be, and God will do the work. God will do what he's supposed to do. So if you need an answer from God, pray those prayers. Well, I think there ought to be a revival of faithfulness. Revival of duty. Revival of responsibility. I'm just waiting on God. Let me, let me, let me help. We have, a good, we have a good number of singles in our church. And, and, let me, and let me just say on public record, I've challenged you many times in the past, and I want to say I'm very proud of you. Because I've seen some changes in you. I've seen you step up. But let me help you with something. You don't need to go find you somebody out here you just be what you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, and lo and behold, God will bring them to you. Uh, this is good for mom and dad, too. I want God to do this for my children. I want God to do this. You be what you're supposed to be, rear them how you're supposed to rear them, and God will take care of them. God will do it. We as a church, we have needs today. We have things that we want to accomplish for God. Well, we, well God knows our heart. Sure, He knows our heart. And we've prayed, yes, and we'll continue to pray. But what are we going to do? When that offering plate is passed, we're still going to be faithful to throw something in it. When the church doors are open, we're still going to be faithful to be there. We're still going to be faithful to be what we're supposed to be, and we're going to live how we're supposed to live. We're going to do what we're supposed to do and leave God's work to God and let Him do the miracles that we need. We'll see the supernatural if we'll just be what we're supposed to be.